Quack. 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 Ducks fly together and podcasts live forever. If you subscribe to Haven't Seen It on Apple or Spotify, follow us on Twitter, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Seen It Pod. The Mighty Ducks coming up next. Haven't seen it with Tim Sestito and Tommy Tevenay. Hello, everybody. Welcome on in. Thank you all so much for listening today. This is a podcast where one of us is watching a movie for the very first time. And today that person is Tommy. Tommy, just another one of those. Like, this is very peak. Like, right when we grew up, this movie was like the most popular movie in school. And I just have no idea how you just straight up missed it. And you actually like hockey. Like, you're a pretty big Devils fan. I mean, they suck now, but. I, I mean, a pretty big Devils fan uh, like 10 years ago. Uh, nowadays, I just I don't even watch fucking uh, hockey. Yeah, this is another case of uh, a sports movie that did not have the Looney Tunes in it. So I never saw it as a kid. So um, they should have made Hockey Jam or something. <laughs> hockey Jam? Or would uh, it be Puck puck, puck Jam or something? <laughs> puck Slap. Puck Slap. Yeah. Something like that. I don't know. I don't yeah, like yeah, the yeah. Uh, things, but uh, the, the Looney Tunes. But yeah, uh, this is this is fun. It was a nice little riff on uh, Bad News Bears, but uh, an enjoyable one. So I liked it. <laughs> so, Tommy, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Did you see Black Adam? Uh, I did not. <laughs> Surprisingly, I actually did. And I kind of mm-hmm. want to talk about it. Warning, there is clickbait in your area. I repeat, we have an instance of clickbait in your area. It's Tim and Tommy. Talk about a uh, DC movie, comic book movie, but, uh, you know, just so we could put it in the title. Um, so what have you heard of Black Adam? I and mean, do, I, I... Do you have any was, interest in seeing it? Honestly. I honestly, like, I don't have that much of an interest in seeing it. I mean, even though I love comic book movies and, you know, The Rock, I'm okay with. I just heard that this movie is kind of mediocre. Um, the big picture was talking about this as, like, one of the worst movies of, like, the, the decade. And I was like, do I really want to seek this out? And plus, it came out during spooky season. It wasn't a horror movie, so I couldn't watch it during October, obviously. And now I'm like, eh, I'm, I'm, I don't care. <laughs> it, it felt like after the, the Robert Pattinson Batman, which felt like, dc almost like stepping out and being like hey we're we're gonna like do cool unique thing that marvel's not doing Mm -hmm. and then black adam feels like no 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 no. we're going back to like (laughs) justice league 2017 scales of like what we were putting out yeah feels like a total misfire in my opinion (laughs) like don't worry we're gonna go back to the generic shit (laughs) yeah don't worry we're gonna have our random villain of the week um like but can I be honest with you? What the best part of that movie was? What? What? It was Pierce Brosnan, who, when I say quite literally, could not have given. And I know he's kind of effortless to begin with, but when I say that man could not have given two fifths of a shit about <laughs> that movie, like he he literally just could not have cared in the slightest. Was he just he, sleepwalking through it? A, a, a little bit, it, but in like in like a very endearing and in a very for at least for me, okay, like I hats off to you pierce brosnan because you know they just went up to him like pierce we have this three film arc for you in in these black adam movies you know here's 45 million dollars he's like 
give me 25 and I'll do one and I want it in my contract that I never have to do another one. And that's that's kind of what it felt like on the screen. <laughs> the I can't, heart out. <laughs> yeah, I can't verify for a fact that that is what happened behind the scenes, but it just felt like it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Was the Rock at least good in his performance, or is it just an our generic Rock performance? <laughs> I actually think the Rock's very talented. Like, I think he's re- like a really talented actor. Um, it does get a little tough because he kind of plays all the same characters, and the problem is he 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 does not have the script picking capability that Arnold Schwarzenegger had. Because I think well, the, the I think the Rock is super talented as like a performer. I think he just picks like trash and jumanji the first one it's like the only really good like pretty solid movie i've seen him in like i feel like all the other ones are just kind of like unless you're into fast and furious if you are I, i'm not but i'm probably yeah, Hobbs and shaw was okay but yeah it's just like you know our schwarzenegger had his james cameron's he has john mcteerans and it's just like where's the rocks version of that i mean like uh the guy who does jumanji he did i forget his name off the top of my Is head it justin he- lynn uh no it's the same guy who did uh jake cashton he did uh walk hard so he's a good director and stuff like that but he's not on the level of james cameron or whatever no um the rock is like one of those performers like your seth rogan or ever where i feel like he plays like the same character over and over and over again so much so there's that meme of like the rock in like a jungle and it's four different pictures and it's just like all four of these pictures are a different movie even though they look like the exact same thing (laughs) that's kind of my thing is he 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 doesn't really go past that and i know for a fact that because the rock still makes appearances on wwe and stuff um Mm -hmm. so for wwe they have a screenwriter whose job it is for the rock any script that gets written that the rock is going to be casted in Mm -hmm. they punch up the dialogue to be more like the wwe rock to like blur that line between him being like a serious performer so like like the rock john cena they all have that kind of stipulation that's why they all their characters feel the same because like they they're all the the wwe character at least like john cena feels a little bit different i feel like the the, i i prefer john cena personally because i feel like john cena is more he's done he's doing more weird stuff like he did that comedy like that vacation comedy one uh, that was fun yeah vacation yeah, was, friends yeah vacation yeah friends on vacations a, or whatever it was. it was a decent it was a decent like sunday hangover movie um i mean he's one to make himself more of the brother joke than the rock is the rock like oh yeah never lose sure a fight the rocket takes himself too seriously where he just won't like let himself be like you know a jackass or something like that or just like you know hilarious like uh, john cena and peacemaker was amazing <laughs> tommy i will outwork you you're gonna wake up at five in the morning too bad I've been up since 3 a.m. at the gym for the third time in two hours. That's what The Rock does. That's how The Rock stays on top. Do you understand? <laughs> I, I guess I do. That's the first time I ever tried a Rock impression. How was it? Um, Like a 2 out of 10. I thought you were going awesome. for a John Cena the whole time. I thought you were doing John Cena. Did it, sound more John, did it sound more John yeah. Cena than, like, how was it as a John Cena impression? Because it can be a John Cena impression if you really it, want. It, it, was, it was more of like a 5 out of 10 for a John Cena, but 2 right, out of 10 I'll, if I was going for The Rock. So all right, just, edit, cool. just go to the editing that. bay. Edit, go into the editing bay and just say, like, this is my John Cena impersonation. <laughs> no, I'm just going to leave this all in because <laughs> I think it's kind of funny, to be honest yeah. with you. But if I had to rank Black Adam... On a comic book movie scale, it's probably like just all those. Um, it's probably like a two out of five if I'm ranking it on like a 
my movie scale. It's like a one out of five. Um, I oh, damn. really didn't care for it. The CGI looked horrendous. There's yeah. a, like one of the worst kid actors I've quite literally ever seen in oh. And it's not his fault. Like, but he, he, there's like a moment where he has to give this like very impassioned speech. Like, I didn't think he was great all the, like all the way through, but it's supposed to be like the climax of like, you know, your hero's down at his lowest point. Like everybody's at their lowest point and he needs to inspire the people. When I say that kid just didn't have the voice, an inspirational voice. He just, <laughs> he just didn't. I, I, you know, I, I thought like some of like the hero stuff was kind of cool, but like, I don't know. I've never watched it again. And frankly, I kind of forgot a lot of what happened. So <laughs> that um, yeah. if if you like Black Adam, you already know that you'll like it. If you were kind of curious, I'd say a hard pass. Well, so the thing is, the, uh, I mean, like before, uh, I guess we'll end on this, but like the Black Adam is a character that even as someone that's me like reads comics, he's not like a big popular character. He's like a villain, but like, it's not like we're talking about Spider-Man or like even Daredevil to an extent, but it's just like who gives a shit about Black Adam? <laughs> yeah, and that, which makes it feel like why didn't they take more liberties in the script to just kind of go all out bonkers weird, you know? And like mm. it just felt very like cookie cutter superhero origin story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just kind of I went to the bathroom in the middle and I searched up the runtime just to see how much longer I had in the movie. So <laughs> that's always a good sign of of uh, the quality of a movie. Yeah, but that's not the movie we watched for this week. This week, it's The Mighty Ducks. From Walt Disney Pictures, he's a hotshot attorney who's never lost. Yes. Forced to coach a hockey team that's never won. Keep swinging. Maybe I'll give him a cold. He'll try to teach them how to win. You think losing is funny? Well, not at first, but once you get to hang it, And they'll teach him. Get off the roof, you little monkey. That winning isn't everything. Let's have fun out there. Walt Disney Pictures presents Emilio Estevez. Are we ducks or what? The Mighty Ducks. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Ducks fly together in this 1992 classic, The Mighty Ducks. Starring Emilio Estevez as Gordon Bombay, he plays a hotshot lawyer who has to coach a peewee hockey team after a court settlement for a DUI. Sounds like they casted the wrong Estevez for this role, if you ask me, Tommy. Well, they apparently almost casted uh, Charlie, but then he's like, ah, just give it to my brother instead. <laughs> he can take it. <laughs> so I was looking at Amelia Estevez's uh, Wikipedia page. And mm. so I was like, what, what the hell happened to this guy? And there's not much there. But I saw a, a weird fact on his Wikipedia page that's, and obviously is a Wikipedia fact, so who knows. But somebody mm. calculated that he has the h- highest ROI per film out of any actor ever in Hollywood. So for like each film he's in, because he's he doesn't have like a huge filmography. Mm-hmm. I, I saw this and I, I was kind of baffled by it. Hang on, I, I, I now, now re-pull this up because it, that was... Well, I'm looking it up. I mean, like, obviously he had like St. Elmo's Fire and like The Breakfast Club and like even Repo Man that were like, you know, big, really popular movies. But I mean, like, I don't know. I could have sworn he was in some bombs. Like I could have sworn Maximum Overdrive, uh, that Stephen King movie. Uh, yeah, that like definitely a, didn't do well. Yeah, yeah, that, that feels like some Wikipedia bullshit right there. So on the Muddy Ducks itself, I mean, do you think a Disney movie would ever have like a major plot point be a DUI again for like their kids movie? <laughs> okay, did you start Andor? I know this is Star Wars and not Disney, but did you start Andor? No, 
No. So I was like kind of completely against it. And then Jim Maxwell, who's uh, this Emmy award winning VFX and like Matt Painter, mm-hmm. um, who his, he guests on Red Letter Media stuff all the time. He tweeted out. So I like respect his opinion. You know, he knows what stuff he goes. I think that Andor is the best thing Star Wars has done since the Empire Strikes Back. And I know that guy would not say that sentence lightly. So I checked out the first episode. First episode was like really good. And they definitely go into more of like a darker place in the opening than I would have thought. Like in yeah. terms of just well, the well, locale. That's, well, that's Star Wars. Star Wars, you can at least get away with that. But like, I, I, I would be shocked if like, you know, I know they did a sequel series to this on Disney Plus. I'd be shocked if the Disney Plus sequel series like went to, down down that place. Uh, this movie was originally supposed to be a little bit darker. Uh, it was about supposed to be about an ex NHL player who is an alcoholic and he seeks revenge on his old coach uh, by coaching opposite him. Uh, and then Disney bought the script and pretty much they just sanded off like the rough edges right there and kind of you know DUIs I guess a little bit uh, better than like a fucking um, alcoholic I guess. <laughs> And it just made like you know played up the comedy a little bit more and downplayed the adult theme. So yeah, it could have been. Remember that Ben Affleck movie that came out? Um, well, like the, uh, the the basketball coach one with like the depressing, uh, like he's an alcoholic and he's like you could just tell the script of that story from the trailer where it's like you got to coach these kids, Ben Ben Affleck. Yeah, exactly. That would have been what the my ducks probably would have ended up like. Yeah, <laughs> which could have been interesting, but I don't know. <laughs> Well, depending on how funny it would have been, I guess it could have been just like a real, a true ripoff of the Bad News Bears. Because mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, uh, this concept is the Bad News Bears. Yeah, this is Bad News Bears Hockey Edition. <laughs> hockey and Disney hokeyed up and like not, definitely not as brutal. Like, like there's the mm-hmm. whole cheating scene when he's first game coaching or whatever it was. And he tells Charlie like to take the fall so that they can try to win the game. And Charlie's like... No, I know not to do that. That's wrong. And then I think a bad news bear when the bases are loaded and he goes to the kid, he goes, yeah. stick your arm out. Wear one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's it kind of plays a lot of the same beats of like any like generic like kid sports movie where it's just like, oh, we got to find like another kid on the team. And the kid on the team is like this rough and tumble kid or something like that. Or like some badass like Jackie Hero Alien, Bad News Bears. And I forget what the one was in this one, but the one who like slapped the window shut or something like that. Um, and Billy Estevez, I thought was great though. I mean, he he played it like really well and just was really comedic in it. It was, and like the character has a nice little little arc in there, you know, where he kind of goes from just selfish, winning lawyer, right, mm-hmm. to to now he's like a team player. He's part of the the team. Like he quits his job at the law firm because he because mm-hmm. of the laws of the kids where the kids live and whatever it was. It's a nice arc. Uh, he falls in love with Charlie's mom because, you know, that's just kind of what has to happen, right? Like he, <laughs> The plot required it. <laughs> all early all early 90s movies have a major case of not not gays, you know, where it's like yeah. there has to be some kind of love interest in there. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, I mean, it was it was sweet. It wasn't it wasn't as bad as like Top Gun Mavericks or it was like that was strictly so that Tom Cruise can say he's not gay, you know. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, allegedly, I, 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 alleged, allegedly, allegedly, Church of Scientology, allegedly not gay. Yeah. Well. Um. A- anyways. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like, it was just one of those things. I mean, the love interest in this movie did kind of feel tacked on. I mean, uh, this was a movie in terms of the script that, like, 
I could tell all the beats like right before they're coming. Like the second that, that mom was introduced, I was like, oh, she's going to be the one that teaches Emilio Estevez about like the importance of like, you know, like mm-hmm. the kids or something like that. And then like, you know, uh, his old coach immediately was going to be like, oh, this guy's going to be like his the dick. He's essentially the analog of the Bad News Bears coach who hits the kid at the end. And that's how like, then he knows the bad guy or whatever. <laughs> well, I will say it. Um, not all the jokes landed for me, but obviously a lot of them are not targeted for me at this age. I think there's a lot of good, like little quips in the movie, mm-hmm. but I, I think in terms of like true humor, it's definitely meant for a, you know, six, seven, eight year old. Um, but I think it, it keeps that light tone up and it's kind of mm-hmm. contrasted by like pretty heavy, like emotional stuff that I didn't realize, like in terms of like gordon coming to the realization of why he's being a part of this team like what he needs to take from it from the guy who makes the 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 skates Mm. and stuff like like there's real heart to hearts and like real emotion and like i have you know i've I've seen this movie when i was a kid i can't say i've seen this since i was 10 years old so most of it is yeah (laughs) right right across your head yeah just in general like how the movie opens up with like um that is my immediate thought of just like him be, being told like you know if you don't make this shot you're gonna let everyone down <laughs> and just like oh my god it was the kind of like the through line of the movie that was, i found so like hilarious was like the opposing coach uh, i forget his name but um uh the opposing coach just how seriously he took peewee hockey <laughs> to an extent where it's just like come on dude like you don't need to take this it's whatever it's peewee hockey like gordon had the right right mindset of just being like it's a game you know i support you if you make the shot or not that's the way you should go or as compared to this other coach being like, I'm going to fucking kill you if you don't make this goddamn shot right now. Kid. None, of, <laughs> none of you make the team next year if you don't make this shot. You're yeah. nobody. <laughs> yeah, no. It, so that's Coach Jack Riley, who coached Gordon Bombay when he was a kid. And the movie opens with Bombay having to take the exact same shot that Charlie has to take at the end of the movie. And he misses it, of course. And he's hated peewee hockey ever since. He's hated hockey. I mean, I, if they picked one place where peewee hockey is probably massive, I would imagine Minnesota is probably like the right state for that. Yeah, yeah, of, of all the ones you could do. So. And I really liked how they introduced Bombay to the kids when he pulls up on the, the ice with the limo. And they're like, he's like, you're pulling up on the ice. He's like, eh, it's sturdy enough. Don't worry about it. <laughs> like, <laughs> And I thought it was a pretty nice dynamic like engagement with probably the funniest moment in my opinion of 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 the movie where you kind of start to get a sense of where the contrast is going to begin in the movie yo dude you obviously in the wrong hood this is my dominion it's a drug-free zone you understand yeah, man, we ain't buying nothing now, i'm feeling generous today so I'm gonna let you get your Cy Vanilla booty out of here before we be using your eyeballs as hockey pucks. Thanks, bro. But I'm not going home till I take care of business. See you later. District 5 Pee Wee hockey team. I'm Gordon Bombay. I'm the new coach. Afraid so, dude. Got the roster right here. Averman, Dave, Conway, Charlie, Paul, Terry. Now here's the long and the short of it. I hate hockey and I don't like kids. It was supposed to be a pep talk. Look, I'm sure this will be a real bonding experience. Maybe one day, one of you will even write a book about it in jail. Funny. Is there a goalie? 
Uh, only for a little while. I'm uh, moving back to Philly. Thank you for sharing that. No problem. All right. Get out on the ice. Let me see what you can do. Uh, just so you know, you really suck. Hey, I'll decide who sucks around here. So I kind of like just how quippy they were back and forth, um, saying the line, like, maybe one of you will write a book about it from prison. Like, yeah. they're never putting that line in a Disney movie today. I can tell you that much. Exactly. There's just like an immediate like tension between him and the kids right there. And um, I, I feel like the banter between all the kids was really good. Um, I feel like this movie didn't have as many standout like great kids or like hilarious kids as like other movies we cover on the pod, like The Sandlot or, you know, where... Other than the goalie, I think the goalie was probably the highlight of the kids for me. Goldberg, um, Reed. I, I liked Averman, who would just make like he had that very um, Larry David kind of like delivery where he's just kind of cracking nicknames and stuff like that. Like at yeah. random times, none of but them really was... get a ton of screen time outside of Charlie and like Fulton, like and Fulton's is just to have him join the team. Yeah, exactly. Where They pretty much just like other than him and the goalie, uh, Goldberg was Goldberg. Yeah, yeah, Goldberg was the goalie. Yeah, yeah. So like, most of them didn't really get that much stand-up moments. What I loved was like uh noticing at some points in the movie, like all these kids are wearing like these fucking like punk rock fucking clothes and stuff like that. Like one of the kids like dressed up in like a leather jacket with like studs on it. It's like Jesus Christ, where the kid fuck are these kids getting this from? He listens to Nirvana. I can tell you that much, Tommy. His older night. brother, his older brother has smells like teen spirit, dude. Yeah, it was early nineties, grunge was in, so that's all the kids were dressing like. <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, you know, the kids definitely all have good chemistry within them. You know, you're kind of right in terms of the standout. Uh, from what I remember, D2 does a better job of that. Um, and from what I remember, I enjoyed that one more as a kid. I think that's probably inverted. I would imagine that's inverted now if I was going to rewatch D2 because I felt like this one had, as we were saying, like, you know, sincere moments of like levity, reflection and growth for Gordon's character that mm -hmm. they don't really have in you know sometimes these kind these movies especially when they're really cheaply done you know they they cut all that stuff out and you know even we kind of crapped on the love interest you know when he takes her on the date to the ice sculptors and stuff and she's like you know charlie is loving that coach and i you know it's not fair to him for you know you to be in his life for a little bit and then step out and it's like well what about to you right like it felt like kind of natural like let estevez kind of play into his charisma there um mm -hmm. but it's like they're ultimately sweet moments um yeah. and then when you contrast that with the goofy sense of humor it i think it works really well yeah I, uh, generally the movie like wants to put a focus on if anyone just Emilio estevez i feel like it probably could have benefited a little bit to like play up the ensemble just a little bit more maybe of just like having like kids have more a little bit stand up moments because like you know i watched this about four hours ago and i'm struggling to remember the names of like majority of the kids right yeah now. i mean but that's kind of like any of these movies you know like mm -hmm. even like if you go back to this sandlot you have squints porter and benny the jets rodriguez are you gonna remember all of the the other kids tommy no no <laughs> yeah so i think that's any of them especially with an ensemble like they're not all going to have those standout moments but with a hockey team when you you know they have like 15 kids on the team or whatever it is it's really hard to make all of them have a moment yeah yeah exactly i'm not expecting everyone but it was just like some ones when i was looking back and like looking at this on the cast where like you know a lot of these people have gone on to like have great careers like um 
one of the kids was in the Daredevil Netflix show, like a prominent role in that, Eldon Hansen or whatever. It was weird seeing him Who's pop Fulton? up. Yeah, Ful- I think it was Fulton. Yeah. What's his I think Charlie like still shows up in a lot of stuff. He was in like fringe and stuff like that. Um, so it could have been good. I mean, and Sean Weiss, I know from Freaks and Geeks, but also like did you hear he was like a fucking meth head or something like that after Yeah, I, yeah. You know, we don't I don't I don't like talking about that. I'm just gonna like Goldberg's spirit live on forever. Yeah, well he's getting better. He's better now. So uh well Emilio Estevez, like we said, like he's a great performance. He's like plays that little perfect smart Alec role. Uh, apparently, uh, other people up for the role though were uh Bill Murray, shockingly. Um, but they thought Bill Murray's getting too old for this role, so they passed on him. Um, and then Charlie Sheena's brother, um, Emilio Estevez's brother, Tom Cruise apparently, and Tom Hanks and Michael J. Fox. I don't know how much I believe the two Toms, but Michael J. Fox I could see in this role. This is way too big for Tom Hanks. That sounds like in a pitch meeting. They're like, maybe we can get Tom Cruise. Yeah. And yeah. and then <laughs> that's that, right? Like, th- there's no... I, I could see good. Tom Cruise in, like, the drama version of this, of, like, you know, the I think it was The Way Back was the Ben Affleck movie. It was, it was like, a version Yeah, like yeah, that. that's, that's what it was, The Way Back. Yeah, if, if this was, like, the more dramatic tone, I could see the two Toms then. For this lighthearted one, they're, they definitely weren't actually considered. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it could have just been IMDb bullshit right there. Um, so and apparently for Charlie, Leonardo DiCaprio was up uh, auditioned for this and Jake Gyllenhaal. So. Yeah, I saw I saw that too. Yeah, that that would have been really like I think what was the other movie with Lee? Oh, Hocus Pocus too with, yeah. with Leo, where we're like, Oh man, this movie takes on a whole different tone if Leo's in it. Like this movie also takes on a whole different tone in terms of rewatchability with Leo in it. Oh yeah, yeah. He would have been so because Matt because Charlie was like good, but he was kind of like the generic, like oh like don't you forget about me. I'm not going to, I'm not going to cheat. Oh, come on. It was a, a fine performance, but it wasn't anything special. Kids, kid with abandonment issues. Cause his dad left them or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. With the yeah. single mom who starts falling in love with the coach as a dad, what, as a father. Well, what, what I love for the through line of Charlie was that like throughout the movie, he's like, yeah, just, just fuck my mom. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> he was literally like, <laughs> when he goes on the date, it's like, yeah, the three of us can go together. He's like, ah, no, I, I kind of got some homework. Why don't you just take my mom? He was like, yeah. I want you to be my dad, dude. Yeah. Like, come on, dude. Like, you're, you're going you're gonna to have sex with my mom. I swear. Come on. <laughs> yeah. And also at the end, you know, they tie the game up. Somebody mm-hmm. has to take the last shot. Charlie's never been the biggest player on the team. Who does, Esta, who does uh, Gordon Bombay pick? None other than Charlie. And it's like, I was just sitting there. I'm like, if I was a parent in the crowd and I saw them pick Charlie and he wasn't the best player on the team, I'd be like, you're only picking this because you're trying to fuck them up. Like, that would be the <laughs> thought in my head. And if, if he missed it, you'd probably hear about it, right? Like, you would like hear nepotism. about that decision. Yeah, total nepotism. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Just like, come on, Gordon's trying to like get, get it in right there. Like, you can't score two goals, Gordon. Come on. <laughs> He's trying to pull the goaltender right there. <laughs> exactly so um just ridiculous when you think about it more yeah so maybe that's where you're seeing some of those darker tones right from the original script kind of like or not darker undertones but not as family friendly that like still remained from the script like imagine in that original one where it's like he's the drunk who's trying mm-hmm. to get with the mom and he puts charlie who maybe is the worst player on the team and like some of the dads are just like are you fucking kidding me you're putting yeah, this I, you're putting this kid in because you're trying to fuck them. like that that's a that's a scene in like the major league version of this movie, right? Like an oh, yeah, R rated yeah. comedy, comedy, comma, drama, com- whatever it is, uh version mm. of this movie. 
But I thought, you know, you kind of really get to see Estevez shine when he's going up against Coach Jack Riley, who's Lane Smith. Um, so this is right after uh, Bombay is able to steal one of um, Riley's star players, Adam Banks, because they redrew the district zones and he gets taken over there. And then this is Riley's confrontation after he alerts the team that this guy is now a mighty duck. Gordon? Hey, Bombay, you stop when I'm talking to you, son. What's the idea here? You trying to sabotage me or what? Well, I was a bitch when it works against you, isn't it, Jack? Look, you got a whole team full of banks. This one kid isn't going to make a difference. Even with banks? What do you think you're going to prove, you and that bunch of losers? Well, that's right, coach. They are losers. And we hate losers, don't we? They don't even deserve to live. Maybe you're right. Maybe banks won't make a difference. But at least we're playing by the rules. Why'd you turn against me, Gordon? For six years, I taught you how to skate. I taught you how to score. I taught you how to go for the W. You could have been one of the greats. And now look at yourself. You're not even a has-been. You're a never-was. It's that like emotional through line of like, you know, Bombay coming to the realization of like he wants to do the, you know, lead this team uh, versus I need to sign this note and get the hell out of here like he was in the beginning. Mm. Um, and two of the kids, I think it was, um, I'm not going to even try to guess the names. I'm not sure which two kids they overhear that and they don't want to play for Bombay because they missed the sarcasm. They don't pick up on the sarcasm where he says, oh, yeah, we are just a bunch of losers or whatever. Mm. Um, I just think it's it's a good like it's like ultimately what the conflict of the movie is, is Bombay versus his old coach and getting that redemption for the way he treated him when he was a kid for missing that shot. Mm. I I, th- I I just love the through line of just like how seriously people just take peewee hockey in this <laughs> town. Of Minnesota, right there, where like you know he gets fired over his job for not like taking a kid, uh, taking the kid back and stuff like that. And just I mean, this point, is, like, that's youth sports in general, though. People yeah. take those super seriously. It, it's yeah, it's like almost like the soccer mom thing. Um, part of this movie was kind of ruined for me because of South Park that episode where oh um, yeah, <laughs> and Stan Marsh is about to find out. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking of that all the time when, uh, when I was watching this movie. Just like God, I need to see to watch that episode again. <laughs> Yeah, there obviously Mighty Duck influences in that episode of South Park. I am a star. I'm a star, I'm a star, I'm a star. I am a big, bright, shining star. All right, Tommy. I think we kind of touched on this a little bit, but who was the star of this movie? Is it Emilio Estevez's show? Does he steal it? Does he earn the spotlight? I think that it's uh, Emilio Estevez uh, all the way. I mean, none of the kids really stand up that much. I can call one of the kids as like one of the ones. I mean, Goldberg probably has the most like funny moments, but even then, they don't really touch upon his character other than he's like the quirky goalie, you know? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I like Jack Riley's performance. I That, that actor whose name is slipping me, um, Lane Smith, I think he gives a really nice performance. I also want to shout out josh ackland who plays hands who's like the skate guy like the guy who makes the skates and like the owns the hockey equipment store mm. 
who's just there as like the uplifting character for two scenes for <laughs> for Bombay when he needs it. Like yeah, random all, sentimental <laughs> random exposition that gets kind of framed yeah. as sentimental value. That's yeah. that's what his position is. And then of course at the end of the movie, he's like, I'm proud of you, Gordon. And it's like you you were in the movie five minutes, dude. How are you second build on this? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> what happened here? Well, because kids never can be like uh, first build, I guess, unless yeah. you're McClay Culkin <laughs> back in the nineties. Yeah, I think you need a little more clout than that to get higher build. Um, yeah, um, I would say it's probably Emilio Estevez. It it ultimately is one of his most iconic performances, which is weird enough, and especially for kids of the early 90s like with d2 and d3 like the mikey ducks trilogy like those lived on forever i mean disney literally bought an nhl team and named them the might like the mighty ducks of anaheim like there's literally an a hockey team named after this movie yeah it's insane it's insane to think about that like how much power disney still has they could still do that if they wanted to (laughs) yeah i mean they don't they could but they're not you, you yeah, know, they're they're out of the sports business because they don't own the ducks anymore. Yeah, they don't own the ducks, but they got they got the name. Yeah, and Casey Con- uh, Heidi King as Casey, who's Charlie's mom. It's weird that she's listed on this billing as Casey Conway, and I'm like, I'm like, who's Ka-? and it's like it should have just said Charlie's mom. I would have known who that was. Like I don't think she's referred <laughs> to by her first name one time. Uh, yeah, I you know I thought she was fine. Um, Joseph Sommer as Mr. Ducksworth. He, again, he was fine. Like everybody else was kind of like fine. It's really just Lane Smith and Emilio Estevez that kind of like carry this thing up and heighten the stakes of the yeah, tournament. They elevate it past like, you know, this this is essentially a generic script, but they elevate it a little bit past the generic script. Yeah, definitely. Ah, are you ready, comedy partner? Waka waka. Tommy with the mighty ducks work as a Muppet adaptation. So I'm thinking like you put like Sam the Eagle as uh Emilio Estevez's character. <laughs> it's no, just like a hard wouldn't it be or, Kermit? He... It has to be Kermit, right? Or do you keep Kermit... you do you keep Emilio Estevez and everybody else is a Muppet? Sam the Eagle would be uh the coach Jack uh, yes coach Jack. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's like perfect Sam the Eagle casting. Um yeah. who would who would be um Fozzie would be Goldberg. Fozzie's Goldberg. Um, I feel like Gonzo would be Reed, right? Like kind of like the outcast guy. Then maybe Kermit as, as Charlie. Um, it, it would be okay, but like again, like this movie like wasn't cartoonish enough. I mean, the only thing I knew about the Mighty Ducks, like as a kid, was I remember the Toy Story VHS I had had an advertisement for the Mighty Ducks cartoon show, which was like ducks that were like played hockey and were superheroes or some shit <laughs> yeah it was not at all like the movie the mighty ducks uh, yes yeah. well to speak on it here uh it had a budget of 14 million dollars and made a whopping 50.8 million which Damn. is really good for like a kid's movie like the you know these generic kids sports movies that were popping up at the time this mm. that's a really solid return Mm-hmm. on investment for disney there um estevez said he was kind of surprised at the results <laughs> like of the like the popularity of the movies because like it got so critically panned it had won 20 percent on rotten tomatoes um it was it was pretty clear critically panned also i was looking at emilio estevez's wikipedia page and i think of him against his brother right charlie sheen like yeah, so yeah. i scroll down to personal life do you want to know how 
boring Emilio Estevez's personal life tab on Wikipedia is. It's literally five lines. In November 2021, Estevez revealed that he tested positive for COVID-19 in March 2020, and then he suffered from long COVID while filming the Mighty Ducks Game Changers in summer and fall of 2020. Do you know how boring of an actor you have to be for that to be like, oh, it's been like 10 years since we've really updated it. So I guess we got to like <laughs> we'll put something he had. Right he had, co- he had COVID. Whoa. Whoa. Like, oh, shit. Like so there so many other fucking people. Um, you, yeah. Meanwhile, his brother just like, you know, cocaine stories. It's like just strippers. like personal life broken down into like seven different parts there. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, one was the good boy who didn't do as well in Hollywood. And one was the bad boy. Who did pretty decent in Hollywood. Well, I mean, I guess like he didn't inherit because Martin Sheen, I think, has own issues himself, too. Yeah, he so. did. <laughs> Martin and Charlie Estevez. Uh, yeah. But Martin was able to kind of bounce back from it. And Charlie was not able yeah, to no. at all. No. All right. Review time, Tommy. Give me your score to five. Um, so I think this is a fun little movie. Um, the script was a little bit generic and, you know, this movie for the most part kind of hit familiar beats of like bad news bears and very similar other sports comedies. Um, the kids for the most part didn't stand out this much, but I did find this a little bit charming and Emilio Estevez, I think gave a great performance here that really like, kept a good third line throughout the movie. Um, I'm going to go three out of five here. So it was a fun movie, but it wasn't anything special. Yeah, I'm going to give this 2.5 out of 5. Like, I think it's right down the middle of, like, what you're looking for in this kind of movie. And I think it does it to the best of its ability. For me, on my scale, that feels like just, like, an average movie. Like, this movie doesn't have anything super crazy special about it. But it has a lot of charm and heart. And it has a lot of sentimentality to it. And I think it pulls it off really well. Um, Emilio Estevez gives a really nice performance. And it's it's an iconic movie. And... People still talk about it to this day. There, there's like a Disney Plus series that's being made. Like these movies have staying power, and people love them for a reason. Mm-hmm. Definitely worth your time if you've never seen Mighty Ducks and you want to see it. Yeah. So, Tommy, any final thoughts? Well, thank you guys so much for listening. You can follow us on social media at Pod. That's on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And leave us a five-star review, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast really helps us out. And uh, next week, we're covering uh, another Michael Douglas sex movie, uh, Fatal Attraction. <laughs> is there a trilogy, or is this, are these just the two Michael Douglas sex movies? I, I, I think there's like Disclosure is another one. Okay, that, so, that we have a tri- so we're going to have a trilogy that we're going to have to put in of the Michael Douglas weird sex movies, huh? Yeah, yeah. So we had Basic Instinct, Fatal Attraction, and then I guess Disclosure sometime down the line. <laughs> so... Stay tuned for that. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you next week.